Do you ever get tired of the same old boring news? Do you ever wish the news was very nearly funny? I know we did. Hi, I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. And that's why we created Anchor Persons. A news podcast. For people who hate the news. By people who hate the news. Every week, we lampoon the laughable thing that journalism has become. We make up facts about your home state. We break stories on the latest in food crime. We take two completely unrelated things and figure out how they're connected. And we keep you informed on the emotional weather. Find Anchor Persons on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or a completely different podcatcher that you prefer. Will you laugh? No. But will you be informed? Also no. Anchor Persons, the only news podcast hosted by persons. Subscribe today. Also, hi, Sean. Hi. Hi, Sean. I was having trouble hearing you guys. Yeah, how you feeling, bro? Not great. Not great. No. But uh, but I'm going to power through because I'm a champion. What a trooper. What an absolute trooper. (laughs) You should right. uh, y- yell at Alice for us because you're not feeling good. You should just yeah. berate Sean, her. And... S- scream at your baby. <laughs> My baby who is also sick. Yeah, get, get her to understand what she did to you. <laughs> Boo! Boo your baby. Welcome to Brose, the podcast for those who drink rose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros in rose. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And reporting live from the KP room at Church Farm School Summer Day Camp, it's Mr. Tim Hansen. What's going on, bros? Hey, man. Hey. Welcome back. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad we could uh, fix this contract issue that we were having before. Um, mm-hmm. But you just got to stick to this new contract, okay? We, we, we don't want to. Ace... Listen, contracts we... are meant to be broken. We had a- our ace attorney on payroll, Alan Dershowitz, come in and take a look at this thing and uh, and somehow hammered out all the details. And there's a bunch of lunatic language in there now. But uh, but you know what? That's fine. And we got you back on board, and that's all that matters. Exactly. Now, unfortunately, we all took a cue from Tim and decided that if Tim doesn't have to show up, then there's no reason for us to do the podcast in person. Uh, so we've decided to do this one remotely. Uh, and also, Sean isn't feeling very well. But other than that, you know, it's, it's mostly because we're just lazy as shit. Yeah. Sean, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling not great. I'm feeling like uh, feeling very sick, uh, but I'm a trooper and I'm going to yeah. we're going to we're going to make this work. Yeah, the word hero gets thrown around a little too loosely, in my opinion, but I do think it applies in this specific situation. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Look, I went to Mission Barbecue for lunch today, and I got the Heroes Cup all for you, Sean. All for you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> they renamed it the Sean's Cup, things. actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, I said, I'd like one Sean's Cup, please, and then the waiter kicked him out of the restaurant. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the award-winning Brose Podcast, available on all major podcasting platforms, as always. Uh, the premise of our show, Bing, I don't know where the bell is. I think it's still flung across the room from the last time we did this podcast. <laughs> definitely uh, behind but, your desk. Oh, is it? Uh, well, whatever. Uh, no, no, you're the show. It's behind your desk, not not in front of your desk. Like, against the wall. 
This is playing great on a audio. <laughs> Rich, I'm Rich. What are you, I'm at my desk. What are you What are you talking about? <laughs> this is behind my desk. Whatever the fuck. Bing, Bing, Bing. The premise of the show is that we answer questions from the audience about life, the universe, and everything, and we do it while ignoring Rich. Uh, we do it while enjoying a delicious glass of wine. And if you have a question you would like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail That's brosequestions at gmail.com but before we get to those questions we've got to discuss what wines we are drinking tonight mr tim hansen it's been far too long buddy how you doing oh, i'm doing great how about yeah, you i'm doing great man you want to tell us about what wine you're drinking tonight uh i'm drinking a delicious pinot broar from uh the one the only josh <laughs> josh how do you like it uh it's much like the rosé delicious Ooh, uh, big fan of red wines myself. Pinot Noir is always uh, really, really smooth and has some good depth of flavor to it. And uh, this Josh is no exception. Excellent, Josh. Jo- Josh is a is a proven winner on this show, time and time again. Absolutely, absolutely. Rich, what are you drinking? I uh, decided to go back to my roots of finding wines with animals on them, and I grabbed uh, Dreambird. Pino Grigio. Um, it is a Pino Grigio wine, obviously, and it is very tasty. Um, well worth the six dollar price tag. Six. Well worth the six dollars. Wow. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Uh, I also bought Dream Fish, which was also six dollars, which is what we'll all be drinking next time we meet in person. Wow, this is a, a huge teaser from Rich. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm glad it's, uh, it's living up to its price point. Uh, I'm glad, or it's exceeding its price point, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like it. I'm drinking a opened bottle. I don't remember if I was drinking this on the show or just a while back. And I never got around to finishing it. But I'm drinking a, a Peach Pinot Grigio from Valenzano Harmony. Um, it's a harmonious blend of fresh peaches and Pinot Grigio grapes. Uh, so... This is fine. It is juice for sure. And there's and there's there's a, a twinge of like you can tell there's a little bit of artificial flavor in here. I know that they claim that there is just peaches and grapes and everything like that. But you, you get it at the very end, like a very slight hint of, oh, there's this is uh, I don't know if it's corn syrup or what. But there's something here that is not quite natural and it doesn't ruin the experience. But it's just one of those things where you're like, oh, this is not full peaches or anything like that still solid uh i give it you know on the uh on the scale of uh a not a uh scale from one to ten i'd give it like a like a seven maybe a six and a half something like that sean are you drinking tonight i i am but i'm not drinking wine so my stomach is kind of a little bit iffy right now so i'm drinking a gin and tonic Woo! okay okay yeah GNTs, baby. Some GNTs to help settle the stomach a little bit and yeah. uh, still keep drinking. It's good, good for what ails you. How is your GNT treating you? Oh, it is so good. I love them. It's my favorite drink. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I haven't this, had GNT in a while, but I, I yeah. This should uh, make up for one of the many birthday sessions that we missed for you, Sean. Uh, yeah, I completely forgot. <laughs> Oops. Sean just so committed to drinking rose that it's like, you know, what? I'm choosing rose. <laughs> how committed I am to the show, as opposed to you losers. Come here I every year, I, drink beer. Because I think it was the first year we didn't have the rule of birthday session 
you drink whatever you want. Second year, we lost the session. And the third year, we just Straight completely up, forgot yeah. your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Sometimes it's, it happens. It's, just, it's right around Christmas. It's easy to forget. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. as uh, as uh, Frederick Nietzsche once said, sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah. Uh, now, Tim, you have a first round of questions, correct? I do. All right. And again, brosequestions at gmail.com if you want your question answered on the air. But uh, what do we got first? So first question is, is there a maximum number of friends one person can have? How many friends do you think you could have before it became too difficult to keep in touch with them or keep track of their lives? 46. Moving on. <laughs> Next question. That's such a specific answer. Yeah, well, yeah, they they listen. They they ask specific questions. You get specific answers. Uh, what um what is the maximum number of friends you think you could feasibly uh, keep in decent contact with? Hmm. None. You know, in 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 modern day where there's group text messages, it's a lot. But if there weren't really a lot of group text messages, uh, like ten tops is what I can like feasibly keep in touch with. And then beyond that, it's just, I'll see them at parties and we'll be best friends during parties and then never talk afterwards. Yeah. I mean, I am garbage at keeping in touch with pretty much any friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, like, it, it, it's almost like, it's almost like I treat people with that object permanence. So if I do not see you, you don't exist. <laughs> um, but, but, kind of like the same thing richie said if i see you guys then it's like we're right back where we left off and Mm -hmm. i think i've brought that up on a previous episode of like that's one thing i wish i could learn from you uh i think it was from matt about being better at keeping in touch with friends uh or something along those lines Mm. uh so i thought i thought it was the object permanence thing that you learned from me (laughs) (laughs) that's why i'm always surprised by everyone whenever i have people over at my house i just come back and i'm like oh you're here who are you why are you here (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why it took you 15 minutes to give me the switchboard today is because like you put your phone down and completely forgot about me and then That's true. I, I showed up to your me. house. Yeah. I was <laughs> I was out back. I was you know, watering plants or something like that and the doorbell rang. I was like, "I wonder who the hell that could be." There's absolutely <laughs> no way it could be. Oh, look, it's Rich. Yeah. Sean, yeah. what's the maximum number of friends you can have? Hmm. I think uh 10 seems like the right number. But I just like, I've, I'm, I'm with Tim. Where like, it'll pop into my brain to text somebody, but that's as far as it ever gets. <laughs> like I'll be like, oh, I should text Matt to see how he's doing, and then um, and then like I forget immediately that I had that thought. Yeah. And then and drive, I do driving that. around the crap Mario Kart, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I was gonna. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I think, but I think ten is probably reasonably the most good friends you can have. Like, I don't think I have that many good friends, but I think ten is a good is a good number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it depends on on how close you are with particular, like what you what you consider to be close friends. Because I, I I do have a number of people that I text with, but it might only be about one subject. Like, yeah, it might only be like I, I text one of my old coworkers who's a buddy of mine, and we basically only talk about sports. Uh, you know, and then, then you know, there's some people I might only text about music or or keep in touch with a period of time. I guess I don't know, maybe fifteen twenty. Uh, you keep in a regular contact with would be my number for me. Like, and and where you get beyond like a surface level relationship with them but then you might have you know a handful of other people that you 
talk about work with or talk about, you know, the football game with or talk about a movie with whatever. So it's interesting with the way the number of ways that you can get in touch with people now, it's sort of flattened out. There's like a a much flat, there's like a gradient almost where it's like instead of like, okay, these are like the tier two friends and these are the tier one friends, these are tier three. Like you can, since you can kind of get in touch with anybody all the time, it sort of flattens that out a little bit. So like maybe you know, maybe your closest friends aren't as close as your close friends would have been like 10, 15, 20 years ago, but also you have a larger group, you know, larger, almost like a friend network a little bit. Uh, am I making any sense? No, it, it, it definitely makes sense. Cause like I have friends that I would always generally see at like gaming and anime conventions. And anytime I went to those, I would talk to them. Uh, we'd, we'd hang out, we'd have, have dinner or whatever. Uh, like, and uh, one of them, like, we would stay in touch outside of conventions. He doesn't live too far. But he has, like, recently just become more of a, hey, From Software is creating a new game. They, they just released inf- uh, stuff about the game Elden Ring. He loves those games. So do I. I texted him about it. And we've been talking about it back and forth. But, like, we haven't really talked in over a year. But, like, when we see each other, we're real close. But he's, it's just, like, kind of... Uh, similar to, to Tim, like, I, I I don't forget about him, but it's like, I should text him, but then you don't, and it's like, it, it's, yeah, it's it's the weird, uh like, connectivity that we have today, where I see what they're doing on Facebook, so I don't really need to reach out all the time. Yeah, but uh, you brought up the whole group messages and group texts, and that does make it a lot easier to keep in touch with more people, mm-hmm. uh, except that uh, I, I hate them. Yeah, I, I can. I can tell because I, I, I can tell you hate them because I sent a text to you and your wife, and you left that group text immediately after I sent that text to <laughs> you and your wife. I don't remember this, but that sounds like me. Um, I can't stand them because usually they they tend to happen when I am actively doing something else, but the other two aren't, or the other however many people there are aren't. So then my phone is just going. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm going to throw this at a fucking wall. You know or... you can mute those, right? <laughs> but you I... can snooze them for like an hour. But then I I snooze all of my notifications or most. Well, of I mean, you well you don't something. you don't do that. <laughs> you do the <laughs> other thing where you just mute the one. I just don't want to. Uh, <laughs> Got it. All right. Yeah, but that's <laughs> that's my problem. Is then I usually like mute it for an hour and then it's still happening or I'm doing something. Or all of this happens while I'm at work, and all of my jobs have had it so that I can't have my cell phone on me. So, like, I will come back to 200-plus messages, and I'm not fucking reading them, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's not just, like, group text messages. Like, uh, a bunch of my friends from college and acapella groups, we have a, a bunch of group me message, uh, message groups. So then I will read some of them, or I'll keep up with them. And then it's like, all right, I have to mute this because I need to go to bed. And you guys are just like blowing my phone up. And then I never come back to that group until like six months later. Be like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. What have you guys been doing? And they've been trying yeah. to get my attention, but no one texted me. You find out like one of them shared like some really dire news that they needed help with like six months ago. And you're like, I'm here to help. And it's like, no, Sparky's already dead. I asked for it. <laughs> oh, it's funny because it, it, much like this show, we'll go from the dumbest conversations uh, to like the deepest, like really like getting into the nitty gritty psychological, social impacts of like 
with the basis of communication and what's more important intent or what like your format of what you were saying and all those things and wow just gorgeous conversation mm-hmm. I, I i do love the idea of uh people trying to get in touch with tim asking what screwdriver do i use and he ignores mm-hmm. it and somehow mm-hmm. that person dies because of it that's a, there's only one scenario that plays out when you don't get the right screwdriver and it's immediate death exactly exactly clearly <laughs> or your ikea furniture just doesn't get put together like i said immediate death yeah well it's because you summoned a demon by trying to say the name of your ikea furniture that like you needed the right screwdriver mm-hmm. you accidentally say beelzebub like five times yeah. exactly and, uh, a- a- any other cappers on this question guys nope yeah no i mean friends as adults is like it's weird making them and i don't know it's just it's 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 I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> now, see, here's the problem. Friends, friends you try is to weird. make friends by leading with that conversation, and it's exactly. Like, and uh, I don't know, whatever. And then I, I, don't, the, I don't know. The potential I, I, friends I had, just dissipate. I had something, and it just died. I was the like story. Yeah. The story of the Brose podcast. I had something, and then I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, what's next? Next question is: What color would you choose to describe yourself? Such an odd question. Yeah. I think we should answer for other people. I think, again, we can answer for ourselves if you have a specific one in mind, but I feel like, like I sometimes associate other human beings with a specific color. Um, And so I think it would be better if we answered for other people. Um, Okay. Sean, for some reason, I associate you with red. I feel like I see you in dress in red all the damn time. Yeah. Uh, and and whether it's a t- t-shirt, I think it's specifically the Jason Worth Phillies t-shirt I gave you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I saw you wearing that a lot, and I saw you wearing like other red. Red is the one I've got for you. Mm. Um, Rich is green. It's always wearing green, whether it's the, the not the Power Rangers shirt, but you have Eagle shirts. I feel like you're always in green or cargo shorts or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, Tim, you're short. <laughs> oh, oh co- color, colors Matt. sorry color sorry I, I got sidetracked there for a second momentary embolism um um <laughs> momentary honestly i think red for you too and it's because of church farm because church farm had like the red and gray like yeah, color scheme so I, I so I, I typically associate red with you because I, again when you were in high school had a lot of red uh in your in your ensemble so i've got two reds and a green I, I mean, Matt, for you, I associate you with red. And it's, I mean, a lot of people see red as like more of an angry color. But when it comes to you, I don't see it as an angry color. I see it more as just like a... A sunburn uh, color. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. It's 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 what you look like when a day after the beach. But um, no, it's, I, I, I don't know. Like when I think color association for you, at least, Matt, it's just, I see red... Uh, Okay. I don't know. It's 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 a welcoming red. So maybe is not it, like is the it because I'm wearing a red shirt right it, now? I mean, it could be because <laughs> you're wearing a red shirt with that red banner behind you. Um, it could be. It could okay. be. But I don't know. Um, okay. But I was gonna say red for Matt too. Okay. So I and I don't know why it was just like that's just the color I associate with you. I think it's because of Duquesne. It's because we were red and blue. The red and blue. Red and blue crew. Mm. Squat Guys, up. the obvious answer for Matt is white. What are you talking about? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. 
Mm. It's more of an off white, like a like a paste, like a, whatever the color of Elmer's glue is, which I guess is like a, like a <laughs> and, like and, and eggshell white. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like a very eastery pastel color. Uh, Tim, what do you got? What do you think? Colors for the for the bros. For the bros. Uh, honestly, for you, it's got it's gonna sound dark. I was gonna go with black, but that's primarily because like going. In, in like high school or like band practice or anything, it was just like band t-shirts. Yeah, and almost all band t-shirts are black. <laughs> There's a lot of band t-shirts, and also when Tim and I were in a band in high school, the the great legendary Visibly Blind, uh, we had a a rule that for all shows we had to all of us had to wear black t-shirts. So hard edge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. This is also most mostly what we had at that point. We were you know a bunch of seventeen year old boys. I mean, it's all black, all black all the time. Yeah. And I, my noise had some stupid phrase on it. I like, I listen to the voices in my head. <laughs> uh, I like to let my mind wander, but it never comes back. That's the one. That's, that's, that's the my one. Favorite. Um, I think uh, actually green is probably a good one for Richie. One because of his ensemble. Two because if any of us was the closest to being a Hulk. It'd be rich standing <laughs> up for everybody else. <laughs> standing in front of those trucks. Standing in front of those trucks and smashing their hoods. All rich. The number of trucks uh, just is bigger every time we tell that story. It's, it's like 45 <laughs> trucks in a line yeah. during during Woodstock now, just, actually. It's not even fire. Just tossing them all over yeah. the place. Woodstock 99 somehow. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and Sean? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go pink. Nice. Which is like a couple. There's a couple reasons because pink is like. I don't know why I associate it with empathy, or like just like happy and helpful, uh, to other people. Mm-hmm. But also, obviously, Golden Girls. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's where I'm at with that. I mm-hmm. I I'm in my head. I was thinking pink for Sean as well, um, and it's. In part because it's kind of close to your favorite color, purple. It it's is. Not, it's like I'd say pink is close to purple, um, and it's. I like to. Th- you. You are. Um, like. You are a very unique person, Sean, and I see pink as a very unique color. Mm-hmm. And so I just. I, I like when I think when if I have to think in color associate, I think pink with you definitely. Okay. Um, Pink also closely associated. It says Sean was the one who actually came up with the name of this podcast, uh, Rosé. <laughs> very close to the color of the wine that we drank yeah. exclusive, almost exclusively for three years. <laughs> um, and for Tim, I, I honestly I'm having a I'm having a tough time trying to figure out a color for you. Um, I don't really know. Well, Sean, do you have any? Yeah, so I, I uh, for some richest green, <laughs> of course, it just it just is. I think I think because I associate him with that Hulk shirt that he wears, mm-hmm. and I just think like I think about that and how you were so close to the Hulk in general. <laughs> um, mm. And then Tim, I think of red because he's wearing that Deadpool tank top. Oh yeah, all of the time. Yeah, mm. and I just think I like that's. And I, I think it's kind of a cop out to be like these are the clothes I associate with you, but that's just it's just is what it is. Like that's what yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be real. The the Deadpool tank top 
the Deadpool outfit I wore for uh, Savage Race the one year. Mm-hmm. Yep. The the fact that like I just thoroughly enjoy Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Understand? None of us went with okay. blue for anybody. It was like a stereotypical like boy masculine color. Mm-hmm. Like you know, boys are blue, girls are pink, all that stuff. None of, none of us went with that. Interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. because if if you're gonna assign it outside of the fact that it's like blue is for boys, <laughs> it just has such a sad connotation to it. Yeah, so that's why I avoided blue because, like, I mean, we've all had our our bouts with uh, mm-hmm. depression or sadness or whatever, but I wouldn't say that's a defining characteristic for us. No, it's only yeah. sad unless you're thinking about it in terms of Sonic the Hedgehog, which is objectively awesome and rules. <laughs> True, Sonic True is story. the best. He yeah. is the fastest hedgehog around. Blue streak speeds <laughs> by. Uh, any other thoughts on colors, or shall we move on? I, I, I would go like a light brown for Tim because of the country strength. He's probably always working in that dirt. And I don't I don't know. I was just trying to make that joke. <laughs> we do to work that in. I, I was I was waiting for like because he's shitty. No <laughs> no no. It's your your like you have the country your country strength. You're always working mm. the fields trying to mm. plant those 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 vegetables or something like that. Tim, Tim reminds okay. me of Green because of his rampant gangrene. Mm. <laughs> uh, Tim, what's next? All right, next question is, what is something you have accomplished as an adult that your younger self would be proud of? I just, I beat Super Metroid yesterday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I think I yeah, beat so the thing is, like, all the accomplishments, that's the thing is, like, the accomplishments that you think about when you're, like, 10 are, you know, you're not, when you're 10, you're not, like, boy, I mean, I guess you think, oh, I'm going to be president, and then, you know, if you're president, you're like, holy shit, I did it. Yeah. Um, but but otherwise, like the accomplishments you think about when you're 10 are things like, you know, I hit a three pointer or I beat Super Metroid or, you know, I, I did this trick on a skateboard that I thought was really sweet when I saw it at the X Games. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess similar to Sean, my I would be like I consistently beat video games in general because. Back in the day, I didn't really get a lot of chance to play games. My brother always took over the consoles. And so when I did, I didn't really beat them that often. Like, I had to be in a challenge with a friend in order to beat Final Fantasy IX. And I did that in a week just to win this challenge. Otherwise, I probably never would have beaten Final Fantasy IX. So it's like I do consistently beat video games. So it's one of the things. It's like you can you can stick with something. Good for you. <laughs> Tim, what's something that your younger self, what's something you've accomplished that your younger self would be proud of? Uh, a general sense of being able to communicate and talk with people and not be awkward as fuck. <laughs> fuck. Young Tim very much did not like himself and was very not great at talking with most people uh, or felt regularly ridiculed because he was regularly ridiculed. So, no longer any of that, and I can essentially fit in with any group I walk into. So, that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't... See, this is probably bad. I don't remember what my, my goals were when I was, <laughs> like, nine, ten years old. Um, but it's all stuff that I probably can't... Like, it's always like, yo, I could dunk a basketball. Bad news never worked out. Uh, never panned out where I was just throwing down sweet one handers or anything like that. Um, boy, this is tough. Uh, I mean, 
working, have a house, have a family, have a wife, have two baby cats. Uh, so, you know, that's, that would be, the, that would be the thing is like, Hey, you know, the thing that like your parents did, you, you did it. You're there. You made it, man. Like you, you got a, you got a, a great wife. You've got a home, you've got, uh, you know, a good steady job and you've got two cats that you haven't killed yet. And it's been four years. It's incredible. <laughs> not something that 10 year old Matt would have given me a lot of opportunity to do. Not a lot, a lot of chance to do. Um, yeah, I mean that's ultimately it. Like, I, I, I've gotten better. I've gotten better at playing guitar, but uh, yeah, playing guitar is not something I was doing as like a young, young kid. So I guess you know what? I'll put it as, dude, I can play the shit out of "Welcome Home" by Coheed and Cambria. Mm-hmm. Like, I can play goes. that damn song. Um, so something like that. Um, I think that. Yeah, I guess that's probably what it is. <laughs> Any other accomplishments that your younger self would have been proud of? I've had uh- sex. Hey. Oh yeah, my young yeah. self would be pretty proud of that, dude. Sweet high fives. Let's go. Yeah, yeah get be, it. I've, get yeah. I've seen, I've seen boobs in real life. Like nice. <laughs> Yo, yeah, man, we did it. We did it. We, we're we're living boob. the dream, Yay. guys. Yeah, those those things that we always like fantasize about when like our mom's fashion magazine would come in. <laughs> Guess what? Uh, Tim, what's next? Uh, next question is, what was the last movie you watched? This is an easy one for me because we went and saw the new James Bond movie last weekend. Oh, how was it? Nice. Uh, it was a great capper on the Daniel Craig uh, arc of movies, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. There are absolutely some plot holes that if you're not looking for them, you will never notice. But that's kind of a problem I have is I just notice all that stupid shit. But it was a great movie, great emotional uh, attachment to characters and emotional involvement, and can't wait to see what happens with the next series. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it. Yeah, because they're transitioning to like the new 007 in this movie, right? That was the whole point, was like, this is the handoff? Uh, I don't know if it's so much of the handoff, so much as just the closer. But also the okay. biggest difference is most of the other James Bond movies didn't have an overarching story that was threaded between us whereas all of the daniel craig movies are direct sequels to what happened before yeah yeah so i thought it was masterfully done all right all right uh sean what's the last movie you saw um i watched black widow yesterday it was good it was nice i I thought it was it was decent it was a good movie (laughs) all right this has been ebert and roper (laughs) Yeah, this, this is very. This is a very mad take. It was, it was. Okay. It was fine. It was fine. No, it was, it was fun. I I totally agree. I saw that in theaters when it came out, and I was just like, it's it's fun. I wouldn't say it was it's a Thor two level of bad, but I wouldn't say it's like the best. It's just it's middle of the road Marvel. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it was a fun movie. Be on Thor two, Dark World was a fine movie. It was, but for Marvel standards, it was the worst of good movies. Nah. <laughs> I would honestly put Black Widow before, below Dark World. But that's Oof. a different hot take for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hot take. It's spicy. Rich, what's the last movie you saw? Uh, well, it, if, And I'm going to ask uh, you to make this answer without using the word Godzilla once. No, nah, um... <laughs> 
No, it's not. Uh, if okay. uh, if if plans would have worked out today, I would have seen the Eternals today, but I wasn't able to get to that uh, showing. Uh, so it is. There is a movie on Netflix. It's a Korean zombie film called Hashtag Alive. Came out last year in 2020. Uh, it's about a kid who uh, gets stuck in his apartment complex during a zombie apocalypse. It's really good. I I thought I thought it was really good. It was very enjoyable. Um, and we I am watching. We're watching it for PodQuest for like a, uh, a book club. And so there's another movie based on the same script called uh, Alone that came out also in 2020 that we're, I'm supposed to watch uh, before this Wednesday. So, All right. Yeah. All right. The last movie I saw was Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> which, which I, had, I had never seen. Oh. I made I made it. Phase thirty two. I'd never seen Edward Scissorhands, so it was you know it's weekend of Halloween or, or I think it was weekend before Halloween. Um, and my wife and I were watching just just watching TV, put, flipping around to movies, and Beetlejuice came on, and I love Beetlejuice. So uh, and and she's she's a, I believe she she said she was a fan of Beetlejuice as well. So we watched the whole thing. Um, M- Michael Keaton is freaking incredible uh, <laughs> doing Beetlejuice, uh, and then Edward Scissorhands came on right afterwards, if I'm not mistaken, and um. And uh, Jenna was like, "Oh yeah, we you know we, we should watch this. I love this movie when I was a kid." And I was like, "Never seen it, not once." And uh, it was good. It was a good weirdo Tim Burton, you know Johnny Depp being his normal click clanky kind of self thing. And you know it, it, it's not the most complex plot of all time. Uh, but hey, look, you got look, you got Johnny Depp and Joan Cusack. You're not they're pretty. And Alan Arkin, Alan Arkin's in that movie. I didn't know that. It's, like, it's just you have a pretty high floor when you've got those three people in there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I can't remember the actor's name, but that kid who played like the dork in the Breakfast Club is like the big bad bully in this one, if I, <laughs> if I remember correctly. So it was like he had a big, big star turn for for dweeb from Breakfast Club, uh, <laughs> who's got a, who has a name, but I don't remember it. Uh, no, Edward Scissorhands, solid, solid. I'll, I'll I'll go on record and say I don't think I've ever seen that movie straight through either. So me neither. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness, guys! Yeah. <laughs> We're slacking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now, Sean and I are the cultured ones, and you two losers don't even oh, know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> Piece of I a great no American cinema. I, was, I at no point thought I was cultured. <laughs> Look, there's, there's, there's a lot of movies that I've never seen that would uh, that shocks a lot of people. Well, yeah, because there's no uh, like kaiju I've, in it. Well, no, it's, I've, I've never seen any of the Godfather movies. Oh shoot yourself! Mm. <laughs> I've seen the Godfather. I've I've seen Sorry, the Godfather a... one. I've never seen the Godfather two or three. Apparently, I'm not missing much with three, but I am missing something with two. Mm-hmm. I mean, it finishes the story, but you're right. <laughs> you know, the thing is, Tim. The great thing about movies is that they're finished as soon. The story is finished as soon as I stop watching them. <laughs> so That's the end of the story, story for me. Yeah, okay. and that. <laughs> uh, what, what's next, Tim? Uh, next question is, what would make you totally content right now? It's, it's like fried chicken or something like it's, <laughs> it's, it's just something that's going to immediately satiate my palate and get, you know, get the, uh, the endorphins going like, oh, mm, the serotonin, sorry. Uh, it's something like that. It would immediately make me pleas- pleased and happy. Mm. Um, I guess finding out that world peace finally got achieved would be pretty rad too. Uh, but fa- 
but failing that, you know, like a <laughs> like a PDQ, like a, a PDQ six piece would actually be a pretty decent <laughs> consolation prize. Yeah. How about you guys? Um, I'd I'd have to go with um, a job that pays between uh, fifty five and seventy thousand dollars a year. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's right on your table. Like a, like a nice fifteen plus grand increase on my yearly income, and I'll be happy with that. Get out there, fight in that job market. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking. Battle it fight. out. Fight, uh, Tim. What would make you pleased or or what, what was the wording again? Is it just happy, Con- content, content, content? Okay, what would make you content right now? I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty content already. Oh, mm. oh, oh, I got it. And uh, I I wish that all my employees at work would be satisfied with their salaries and with the work that they do and calm down. <laughs> because their largest worries have been alleviated. So what would make you content, it's very altruistic of you, what would make you content is for everybody else to get a raise, except for Tim Hansen. Yeah, honestly, that, that, that'd be fine. I'd be but okay it's a, a sense of giving, a sense of giving. <laughs> I like that in, uh, in, in, in management and in leadership. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be a little altruistic. Yeah, mm-hmm. what a giver. Just can't stop giving. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It has nothing to do with the fact that they they'll shut the fuck up and leave you alone if they are. <laughs> I mean, my my style of leadership is as a servant leader. So like I I I'm not at the top. I, 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 I'm gonna call you out on that because I've heard I I don't look I don't I haven't encountered a lot of servants in my life, but uh, servants don't talk to their uh, the people the way that you talk to your people. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> there's the servant side and then there's the leader side and sometimes they work together and sometimes you gotta tell them hey mm-hmm. we're adults yeah it's like the old saying it's the carrot and the carrot sometimes you feed them the carrot and sometimes you beat them over the head with the carrot <laughs> yep is that is that what it is i don't remember that saying. that's exactly <laughs> what it is sean what would make you content right now uh being asleep <laughs> <laughs> Just like cuddling up in bed and being like being with Mary, sleeping. That would make me so content right now. Not that I don't not that I don't enjoy this this podcast and doing it, but like, (laughs) you know, I'm not feeling great. I would but like and that would just make me feel at peace. I'd be like, Mm -hmm. fuck yeah. Especially if Alice was asleep. Just just sleeping. Because you are not feeling, because you are under the weather, I'm going to give you a pass for effectively saying that the only thing that would make you happier right now is if you were unconscious. <laughs> I was going to say, Sean's trump card for like 50% of the questions is like, how can I make this about spending time with Mary or my children? <laughs> Listen. Which is not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. That's adorable. Even though, even though he called it a trump card. <laughs> Yeah, and also, and also, this was specifically not spending time with my children. <laughs> no, but you said snuggling yeah. up with Mary, yeah, and falling asleep, and being all warm and alive. Well, here's, it, here's the thing: time. <laughs> we've been we've been having this issue where we've been falling asleep on the couch, and that's not as good as falling asleep in the bed. It sure isn't. It is just not. True. It's it's just not the same. So that's what I'm that's what I'm I'm into yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Yeah. 
Otherwise, I can't nap anymore. I always wake up with a headache when I nap. Like I could drink like every ounce of water that we have available in our in our house uh, before I, taking a nap. And when I wake up from the nap, I still feel dried out and have a headache. I'm in a bad mood. Uh, what the hell, I, man? How am I going to gracefully get into old age and be like the old, old man, like sleeping on the couch with the football game on if I wake up pissed off every time I do? It? <laughs> I I can only nap at 1030 at night while I'm watching um, the Goldbergs. Uh, while laying on my couch, and then I wake up at three in the morning, and it's like shit, and I have to go I to don't, bed. I don't think that's a nap, Rich. That's it's an it's, it's, <laughs> that's a sleep. A that's a sleep, bro. I just nap from eleven p.m. to six a.m. <laughs> and there was an alarm to wake me up from my nap, and then I had to go to work after my nap. <laughs> Tim, what's uh, next? Any other contentness, guys? Being with my All bros. Right. Oh, it's right here. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's my Cute. trump card. <laughs> Cute. All right. Next question is: What lesson has failure taught you? That it blows. <laughs> it's a real bummer. Um, that it's not a. I mean, that, that, that failure taught me that it is not a death knell. Because there was a period in my life where I failed at something and I was like, oh, shit, I'm never going to do this again. Like, if I'm not good at it immediately, I, there's no point in getting good at it. And then, you know, you eventually fail enough at stuff that you really want to be successful at. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to do this differently next time. Or I'm going to do this better next time, whether it's podcasting or, or playing guitar or whether it's like developing another skill or doing something different at my job. Like, I, I think that's the big thing is like the the, the, the recognizing that it is not. That, that every failure is indeed a is, is indeed a good thing if you allow it, yourself to look at it as a good thing, and that's my TED talk. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd I'd have to go with uh, it's okay to not be good at something. Um, like and and the easy example example I can give is uh, playing a lot of the retro games that I've been playing while I'm streaming. Say like Super Mario World. Um, I, I suck at platformers and I suck at platforming and I keep dying and getting game overs at instances where people are like, no, this is the easiest thing in the world. I'm like, I can't do it. I just, I can't do it. And so like, I, it's just taught me it's, it's okay that you're not good at platforming video games. Like it's okay that you're not good at this. Just try to have fun when you're doing it. Yeah. Failure has taught me to uh, get good. <laughs> good good uh yeah no but kind of going off of what uh you guys said it, failure has taught me that failure is necessary sometimes you're not always going to be perfect at the gate and sometimes the best way to learn something is to have failed at it and that becomes in and of itself a lesson of maybe not oh i, I i'll try it this way and it's just like don't fucking do that like you may have thought it was a great idea or maybe I don't know, but like it's also learned taught me that I'm not going to be perfect at anything out the gate. Yeah. So f failure is necessary. If you're good at something to start, that's sometimes great, but also because you haven't failed, you don't know what could go wrong. So sometimes mm -hmm. if you fail later, it's worse than if you fail sooner. Mm -hmm. so and again, to your necessary, don't take it personally. 
And to your point, like if you're good at something right away, sometimes that doesn't give you the impetus to keep improving at it. Like if you if you nail, you know, your the first time you decide to like write an essay or the first time you decide to to, you know, pick up a guitar or or what have you and you're really good at it right away, you you're like, "Well, I'm good at it." Like I I don't necessarily maybe you're inspired to keep getting better at that, you know, that that instrument or that skill or what have you or or at that task at work. But sometimes you're just like, "Well, I know how to do it." So why bother expanding my horizons any more than this? Like, I'm just going to keep churning it out this way. Yeah. Yeah. You plateau based on your talent rather than constantly striving to better yourself. Mm -hmm. Sean, what lesson has failure taught you? Um, I I think of failure as like a stepping stone. So just like failure in general, just it, there's always something in there that it teaches you. Like there's, if you failed at something, there is a reason for it. And then you can like, um, you can use, you can just like look at a failure and then see, like see why you failed and then improve upon that thing. I think if you're, because you just become complacent if everything comes to you super easily and you never fail at anything. I think it's just, and that's just to echo what everyone already said, basically. So, I'm, it's just, uh, there's just, I think it's just, you have to, failure in general has taught me that there is something in there that you have to look for to, like, get, there is going to be a good that you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to learn a lesson, or even if, if, as Rich said, you just learn that, like, hey, this is just not going to be my thing. Maybe the lesson is you learn there, like, hey, in order for me to be good at this, I need to do this, this, and this, and it's simply not worth that investment of time. It's something, it, you know, these are resources or time that I'd rather put into something else that I would yeah. like to get better at. Maybe that's sure. the lesson that you learned. Yeah. It, 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 it teaches you what you're doing wrong and that's not a bad thing because what you're doing wrong might just be the thing that you can't, you're, you're not good at doing in general. And so you, you better yourself by changing routes, by going, by doing it, doing it differently. Any other thoughts on failure? Yeah, failure taught me that basketball is the worst sport of all time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it, weird, that's weird, Tim. Because success taught me the opposite. Mm. Oh, that's, that's super mm. weird. When I threw down sweet dunks over you, like I totally can do. Uh, what's next? <laughs> all right, next question: What do the Brose Bros have in common? Welcome to the Brose Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Obviously. alcoholism. <laughs> behavior that the fda would classify as binge drinking mm. um what do we have <laughs> in common true? guys i th- i think we're all interested in like being Not emotionally aware yeah mm-hmm. and just uh, like growing and and thinking about things in a deep way like not just superficially like we're just we're interested in being better people Yeah, yeah, there's, for, there's a genuine our, curiosity. Yeah, yeah. For our gender, for our general gender and age range, I think we're a little higher on that emotional quotient, uh, mm. and just or, or we at least try to be. Yeah, oh, yeah, we try to be. We're, yeah. we're absolutely not perfect, we, and I think that's the other thing is we don't care that we're we do care that we're not perfect, but we take it as an opportunity rather than a criticism of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we want to be our best selves without stepping on other people's toes, and 
Yeah, it's it just it 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 shows, I guess. Yeah. Self awareness. Yeah. Um. Uh. A, a love of of. Of art is a love of art in different ways. It usually presents itself as music, but sometimes it presents itself as cinema, just like an interest in the creative arts. Even you know whether it's us making it ourselves or we're analyzing our favorite piece of media. Um, I, I think we look at that stuff a little bit more uh, in depth than than others might. Uh, this is not the what do we do better than other people thing, but it is something that we all have in common. Um, what else? Sweet hair. Oh, fuck um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like this week has just been nothing but nonstop ball jokes for me, and most of them have been great, but some of them have just been like, can we not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else? Yeah, what else? Devilishly handsome. Um, Check. Uh, yeah. Check. Check. Uh, Boy, those are the ones. I think it's like a willingness and the curiosity is the big thing. I think we do have whether, regardless of what our field of interest is, uh, whether it's about you know politics, whether it's about media, whether it's about just the way the world works and about interpersonal connection. I think there is a an element of curiosity that we all share, and even if it's even if we share that curiosity about subject with the three of the others. And they might not be interested in it. They're like, "Hey, you you pursued like like we were just talking about his monster movies, or or um, or when Sean's talking about uh, you know, he's playing Frawl for his experiences with therapy, or when I talk about my experiences with therapy, or sports, or music, or what have you. Um, and Tim talks about screwdrivers. Uh, it's you know, it's <laughs> where Tim <laughs> talks also really short t- joke. T- no, no, Tim also talks about interpersonal connection. He talks about like movies and television and things like that. Even if we're discussing something that we are passionate about, and we have a curiosity to learn more about, and the other three of us don't necessarily care as much, but we're like, hey. You know, we're, we're this is getting very artsy fartsy here, but like, oh, like the process you getting there and the fact that you're as interested in this, and you know, these many factoids about this subject is cool. Like, so, so we, 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 we respect those interests that way. So, uh, that and the, the, the charming good looks, I think are the two biggest things. Well, yeah. And, and it goes, uh, with something I was telling you earlier today, Matt, when, uh, uh, shameless plug for you, we were talking about your podcast with, uh, uh, your brother Alex Casnell and the Chase Fakers podcast, and I was like, I really enjoy this because you guys are super yeah. knowledgeable about what you're talking about, and you're excited mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And it just it brings out my curiosity. I might not be that big into music, but it leads into it. Like it, yeah. it helps me be interested in. This. I appreciate the kind words, and, and that's sort of the hope is like, hey, you show somebody the process, and you know sometimes that that pulls them in. It's like, oh, there's a lot more under the surface here than than I expected, and that can be yeah. whether you're talking about music or video games, or whether you're talking about politics, or whether you're talking about, you know, there's all manner of subjects. That, I mean, those are like the the five or six baselines that I go with, but like you know, there's all of that, and I think we we have a curiosity for what goes on under the surface for all these subjects. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I cannot stress enough how handsome we are. Like, I, I know I've said it like six or seven <laughs> times during this particular segment, but my God, like the, the main reason we can continue doing this podcast throughout the course of the pandemic is because we can stare at each other's just, you know, baby blues or, or what have you for the for the duration of the show. Baby blues mm-hmm. or luscious locks for the rest of us. And just, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Tim, what do we got next? Uh, next one. Subject. Honestly, this probably won't even reach you in October, or maybe November even at this rate. Body. Which of these two costumes deserves the most candy? 
Assume that in this scenario, candy is good for bearded dragons. Charlie Brem, see addendum two. All right, so we got an addendum here. So, so great listener and friend of the show, Charlie Brem, uh, is asking us to rate these costumes. And there are four attachments here. Sean, what are we looking at? We're looking at a bearded dragon. Uh-huh. Um, first in that. a. It's like a looks like a little leather jacket with a little uh, spiked helmet. It's like a motorcycle gang. Yeah, it's like some Sons of Anarchy shit here. Yeah, I love it. And then it's a dragon, mm-hmm. like a look with yeah. wings. Yep. And then and then we get like the side profile mm-hmm. of both okay. of those of both of those. So it appears that, so... that Charlie and uh, Charlie and possibly his partner Kyle have been uh, have been. Uh, dressed up do they do they have a dragon do they have one of these yeah they they yeah. they have a bearded dragon yeah so they have this bearded this dragon is their, this is their dragon so they've decided to dress up these two uh this this dra- this bearded dragon in these two costumes the son of anarchy style motorcycle costume and the dragon costume which one's better oh, um, definitely uh, the dragon yeah i'd have to go with the dragon just because then it turns the bearded dragon into a literal dragon and not just a lizard that's called a dragon um, and it's just super adorable. I'm gonna go with the Sons of Anarchy. Me too, because it's 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 like out of, outside the box. Yeah, like you make it a dragon. Yeah, of course, it's a bearded dragon. We get it. But yeah. this one is just like it's you're thinking outside the box. This guy's it's and it's so cute. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I do want to know what like the rest of it says on the back of the. Uh, the Harley Davidson outfit. My it guess is it bearded... just says bearded dragon. Maybe. Or the bearded boys. Are we, we going to name uh, the bearded dragons motorcycle gang here? The, the <laughs> could... at the bottom says like bearded dragon, boys. dragon, dragon for life. Maybe? Dragons for life. Yeah. Which is great because this means that in, in again, this is the wonder of the internet that we have a, a specialty shop who's making costumes for bearded dragons. <laughs> or Charlie found somebody to make this for him. <laughs> I'm assuming this is on Etsy somewhere. No, uh, it's, it's I'm Googling. Well, um hold on, let me ch- look at the uh the dragon costume uh I just googled it is on pet as at PetSmart. So it could just be a, a PetSmart costume. Um I'm going with a leather jacket. It's a leather jacket and a spiked helmet. So sweet. <laughs> so dope yeah come on like, it's, oh. it's 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 got the whole ensemble and again the dragon thing yeah like it plays into the name but it'd be like if i dressed up as a human it seems like a cop out like like there was a year that i had uh, a couple of friends thanks rich yes uh <laughs> i found <laughs> it rich, too, rich. just put putting up the picture out. to the uh the camera which is great for the listeners yeah. <laughs> uh, well, i so... was showing you guys and i was gonna read it it says bearded mayhem dragon for life so uh, i'm definitely gonna be posting these um with well done, Charlie's Petsmart. permission on Instagram. So well when done, I pet smart, well done. When I was in high school, I had a couple of friends who um, who dressed up. One of them was uh, there were two friends who were dating. One was in college, and one was in high school. And the one who was in high school dressed up as a college student wearing like a Penn State sweater, and the other one dressed up as a high school student wearing you know like a downtown East sweater. The biggest cop out I've ever seen. It's basically a costume where like I'm dressing as a human being, and that's my problem with the bearded dragon outfit. Yes, it plays into the name, but guess what? It's a beard. It's a bearded dragon dressing up as a dragon. It would be like me dressing up as a different kind of human. Just give me the motorcycle thing. You know what? You know what the beard dragon will never be in real life, or likely will never be, is a motorcycle gang leader, which is 
That's why the beer, the motorcycle guy, always the motorcycle gang costume, never not the motorcycle gang costume. Mm-hmm. But but to be clear, both deserve candy. Oh, they're both. Oh, they oh, both absolutely, deserve candy. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it, if if two bearded dragons came up both with those costumes, I wouldn't be able to choose who gets more candy. I would just dump the entire bucket on top of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Charlie, I actually happen to know this for a fact, is that the, the one candy that is acceptable for bearded dragons, Jujubees. Ooh, <laughs> I haven't had those in a long time. Mm, I don't think Jujubees. I've ever had them. Oh, Jujubees are delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim, what's next? All right. Penultimate question. What is the compliment you receive most often? Can I go with top two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, top two, nice ass. <laughs> nice. And Hold on, you, you that is nice one ass. of your t- the two most <laughs> frequently given compliments for you. <laughs> yeah, don't you do good j- work at your job? <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, see, I don't know how, what your experience in corporate America is, but my experience in corporate <laughs> America is you don't actually get compliments for doing good work. They oh. just kind of say, "Okay, we're going to go on to the next thing," or "Okay, we're going to go on to the next thing." Or, I was, I was very worried that you were going to say, "I don't know what your experience with corporate America is, but mine has been a lot of compliments about my ass." <laughs> <laughs> also true. Sure. Okay. Hey, man, you got that job somehow. Uh, look, you do a great job at your, uh, you do great work. But I mean, come on, there's got to be a sweetener at the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then my second one would honestly be just uh, I'm I'm a good listener and good at uh, relating to somebody when they are down. Okay, or I like those. A problem. You've covered all ends of the spectrum. <laughs> you have the uh, the emotional <laughs> IQ and the ass. Dead ass. Both ends. <laughs> uh, Sean, what's the compliment you get most often? I don't know, man. I guess I get that I'm funny a lot. And I, I mean, not that I disagree, but I don't, like, I don't, I don't consider myself funny. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, it's just who I am. And I think (laughs) (laughs) your personality is naturally something that people find amusing or that you make other people laugh. Yeah. Which is, I guess, good. Mm -hmm. I guess. That's good. It, is. it lightens up the mood. It does. Definitely does do that. Uh, Rich, what's the compliment that you get most often? Nice beard. Okay. Mm. You do have a sick beard. Thank you. Thank Toads. you. That's right. I've 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 had people even on stream while I'm on Twitch like, yo, that's a great beard. Like <laughs> I had one one person flirting with me about how good my beard is, but they live on the other side of the world, so well, can't really do anything with it. Yeah. Mm. Waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute waste. May as well not even watch your channel. Uh, <laughs> uh comment I get most often. Hmm. Um I don't know. It, it good in social situations. Like I, I, I write very well and professionally, and I've gotten compliments on that at work. Uh as I'm good at explaining things and good at communicating. Um hmm. Reach things on high shelves. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's probably some communication-wise. It's usually, you know, like, oh, this is very well written or what have you. So I'll I'll go with that. 
We'll go with that. Casnell, the wordsmith. Just quill, quill, and uh, quill and ink. Just penning these these work missives. <laughs> You're really good at saying, as per my last email, or yeah. attached email from previous conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please let me know if you have any questions or feedback for me. Regards. <laughs> I, I, I quite frequently have my uh, supervisor saying, I want you in this meeting because you're not afraid to say what needs to be said. Uh, in terms of like, yeah, this is dumb. Why are we doing this? This is redundant work. We shouldn't be doing it this way. O- or saying, per my previous email, to a VP of a different department. <laughs> noted. Noted. Any other compliments you guys get? Pretty eyes. Yeah, I get that a lot, too. Because I got these baby blues. Mm, There's some pretty gorgeous eyes, not going to lie. Yeah. Mm. My food's really good. Mm Mm-hmm. True story. That is true. Mm. I'm just going to sit here and agree with all the compliments you guys get. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, I agree. I'm totally good. Tim, what's our last question? Our last question. Do you enjoy networking? Why or why not? No. Not a fan. Yeah, I, I do it. I got to do it, but I don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Matt. I don't yeah. I do not enjoy it. I, there is you you need to do it, but yeah. I just I don't enjoy it. I think it's it's the most of all of the interactions I have with people, it is the most fake. Yeah. Mhm. Because the point is, like, the, the network is, A, either you want – the whole point is, like, to develop a network that you can use to get something that you want. And in turn, like, you're providing something to the other people as well. But, like, genuinely, I've made it through majority of my life getting through it with, with – by establishing the relationships that I want um, with friends, family, things like that. But when it comes to networking, it is – it's very transactional. And I don't – like, for me, transactional is not – the type of thing that I want to say about any sort of relationship, even if it is a work relationship, like the, the coworkers that I, that I enjoy spending time with or enjoy talking with uh, are the people who I'm not just doing it with because a, I want to learn, you know, I want to be able to leverage your department for something that I need later, or because you need to leverage me or because I'm looking for a job or vice versa. You know, I don't want that. It, it, it's, it's like you said, it's very fake seeming. Um, and I have a trouble maintaining it because of that, because it, it, the whole time I'm like, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, like a bubbling around the back of my head. Um, again, it is a necessary evil because the other option is put your head down, do your work and just hope that somebody sees you doing it, which is not the way it usually works. But, um, but yeah, not a fan. What about you guys? So, so for me, it's been, it it depends on whether I am actively acknowledging that I'm networking or if it's just kind of me being me. Mm. So if I like, cause coming out of college and anything I ever heard is like, networking is important. And I was like, ah, well, fuck people Mm. suck. And like talking to people, it felt very fake and like trying to exactly what Matt said. But some of the best networking that I have done over the past several years has been I I just gave up on the I'm making an active choice to do this networking and do this, that and the other thing. And it's just kind of like if the if the situation arises, I'm going to treat this like any other social interaction. And even though it's a work interaction of some sort, treat it like a social interaction. And it just alleviates that. 
fakeness because if you make more of that personal or human connection i i it seems to work better mm-hmm. uh or it, at least it has for me because one then i remember it's easier for me to remember that person because i've made it less of a superficial connection and also i become more memorable to that person to some extent Whereas anyone who I like, anyone who is just like, oh, yes, blah, 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 blah. I try and add him on LinkedIn and like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. (laughs) Or something along those lines. (laughs) Yeah. So I just kind of took, I just kind of started honestly not giving a fuck and it has worked so much better for me. (laughs) That's good. That's good. What about you, Reg? Oh, networking. I love it. It's so easy. You plug in the modem, you plug in the router. You uh, set up a password, and, and it, it's it's not terrible. I don't hate it at all. Like four four and a half minutes in to get off that joke. <laughs> um, what about port forwarding, Rich? Port forwarding. Uh, you know, I have to do some googling to always remember how to do it, but it's not not that bad either. Um, adding things to your uh, DMZ as well, like. Hold on, I all just that wanna stuff. T- it's it's. it's I, I just want to. I want to timestamp this. So- zone. <laughs> I want to timestamp this just so I can put something in the uh, the description for this episode to remind the listener to wake up. <laughs> wake um, up! You're in the matrix. I uh, the little bit of networking I've done, uh, it's always been at like anime and video game conventions and such. Uh, and nerds fucking suck, so I hate networking in that extent. Like, nerds are some of the most antisocial people, so it's hard to network with nerds. Um. But I am trying to get better at it. Uh, I keep meaning to reach out to our buds over at the Anchor Persons podcast to like network more with them and maybe try to reach out to more podcasts that are similar in line with us and my other projects to see if we can strike deals. But it's just it's I have to get over that level level of anxiety of talking to new people before I can do it, and that's the worst part for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's just talking to new people is really hard for me. Good stuff. Talking to people um, is weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. T- t- the way Tim looks at it is the way to do it is like if you don't realize you're networking or you don't like tell yourself I'm networking right now, I'm networking right now. So that's the best way to do it. Um, networking events I found are, are horrific ways to network. The networking happens naturally when you're doing your job. Um, and you're not actively making a decision to network the way that Tim was, the Tim was in the way that they, the almost the exact thing that Tim was saying, just restated by me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like g- going to happy hours, taking part in a fundraiser mm-hmm. unrelated to anything and then being like, Hey, you should apply for this job at the end. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the thing. Well, you, you, you talk about something, you talk about something unrelated or you, you talk about, you know, you, you get to know them on a personal level and it becomes a little less weird. But uh, but yeah, I know that, that that's a that is a corporate America thing to have like the networking events. And it eh, I don't know. It's, I it's, hate them. Yeah, it's a, it gets a little backblady and weird. And uh, it's not a fan of that. Like it, It's more of the stuff like I, I've, I've like in my job in previous roles, I've gotten to know people naturally just through doing my job. Uh, and it works out half decently, but it, you, you do it the way that Tim Hansen did it by showing hey. him your ass. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat some hot wings, drink some beers, and get at it. There you go. Uh, that's exactly. all the questions we had this round, right, Tim? That's all the questions, but uh, we got one more bit for you guys. Oh, a bit? You know what, you know what time it is? It's the road show. It's the road show. <laughs> 
No, it's 724, you idiots. Uh, God damn it, Tim. But I, I wasn't going to not make my own joke. I but, uh, but for all seriousness, it's a road show! Road show! <laughs> all right, Tim. Lead us through it. All right. So we got some five dolls here that are absolutely Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. But you got a big Raggedy Ann doll in the back, and then you got four smaller dolls sitting in their lap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a blue one on the right. A blue one. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be just like a really, 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 really old Raggedy Ann. I don't know. The The face is very different from all the others. It's not just the the blue color. It's it's the the features and everything look drastically different from yeah. any Raggedy Ann that I've seen. Yeah. So I mean, either it's a homemade one or a handmade one, or maybe this was just the original design. Because mm. I mean, Mickey used to look completely different. A lot of characters mm-hmm. used to True. look completely different. So. True. All right. I don't know. Yeah. So clearly, like Raggedy Ann style dolls. What what what's the significance here? Do you guys think, or what what are these things? Uh, um, maybe prototypes is what I'm thinking. These are all the different prototypings uh, throughout the years, not just like the initial ones. Like every time they tried to do a re-release of Raggedy Ann, I don't know how old Raggedy Ann is or how often they may have changed it up, but each time this might be like one of the initial designs before they went with the final one. That's a good John. answer. I think... I'm thinking- Oh, go for it, John. No, I I was just gonna agree with Rich. I think it's I think they're like, uh, they're like first runs at what they were gonna end up being. Because I it just looks like I don't know. It just looks like they're just dolls, and I can't imagine that just the regular dolls would be worth that much. I mean, unless it's a complete collection, because I feel like Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy were already super old before we were even kids. Mm-hmm. So how many actual iterations were there? So maybe this is technically a complete collection. I was thinking that too, Tim, but like the, the first one and the third one look so similar that it might be closer to what Rich and Sean are saying, where they're like they're sort of refining the final product or whatever. Um because like I don't know, like I, I I thought the same thing, but those two look so similar that it's almost like they're like, okay, we're almost there, but let's just remove the hat or add the hat or what have you. Um, so yeah, I'll say it's they're 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 working their way up to the normal. Uh, the, these are the prototypes before they got to the final one, and they're I don't know, they're like filled with cocaine or something. Um, <laughs> uh, three grand, twenty five hundred. Ten thousand dollars. Okay. Let's try that again. <laughs> I got ten thousand out of Sean. What did Rich say? Twenty-five thousand. Okay. Wait, you got twenty-five thousand? Yes. Ooh. These these are these are probably worth a lot of money. Like I feel like this is going to be similar to the last uh, roadshow where we uh, were one hundred and sixty thousand dollars off, uh, <laughs> and the closest one was at eight thousand dollars or whatever. Rich, that could that could have explained any of the last like twelve of these we've done. We're just like <laughs> o- o- off by over a hundred thousand dollars. All right, who's doing this? Uh, the the roadshow players this week. <laughs> I I was told Sean needed to do this. Yeah, Seriously. I'll do. I'll be um the appraiser. All right, I'll be the guest. All right, all right, and <clears throat> action. I don't know that much about him, but I 
I know that they're really old. Uh, these ones, uh, my mom found them in the closet. Okay. Uh, I don't know where that one came from, points at doll. Uh, but at first, I was thinking that they were from our great-grandma because she had a lot of old stuff. She died when I was there. Uh-huh. And how old are you now? Oh, six. <laughs> oh, do you know the names <clears throat> of them? So, hold on, I want to say, six! Uh, you know I just names? uh I just really call them Raggedy Ann and Annie, but I don't know which one that one is. You don't? He would be Raggedy Andy. Well, these are about 1960-1970. It was Johnny B. Gruel that started making them, probably even before your grandmother was born in 1915, and they've been continuously produced. They come they came in all sizes. Some of them are, you know how tall you are? I'll say you're about three feet. So some of them are as large as three feet. <laughs> Some uh, some they even made smaller than this. All Raggedy Ann's are soft dolls. They're all made of cloth. If you find earlier ones, they would have a woolen heart, a wooden heart. And they're very lovable dolls. I can see why you like them. Is there one in, anyone in particular likes the most? I like that one because that one's not all dazzied up with the flowers or the bow or the hat. And I think that one's probably for fall because the flowers and the brown and the orange. <laughs> okay you're one of the youngest collectors i've ever met and would you like to know the value or do you know the value Mm -hmm. of any of these Mm -hmm. okay let me tell you the value this one is worth maybe five or ten dollars this one about the same this one maybe fifteen dollars and this one maybe 25 because he's raggedy andy not many raggedy andys as there are Anne. and this one probably worth 25 to 45 dollars and scene. All I did right. it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> bud. All right. Uh, so we're looking at a floor of $70 <laughs> and a ceiling of, if I'm doing this correctly, $95. So we were close once again. Only off by about $2,500. Tim Hansen with a runaway victory uh, <laughs> by being off by only like a... <laughs> Uh, an incredible, yeah, like almost two grand. You know, I did want to say that those looked a little too new to be antiques, but I was just like, no, they were just well taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Is this, is this new? No, this is worth 25 grand. (laughs) (laughs) Rich ruining, Rich and Sean ruining the market on this item. Uh, (laughs) Or helping it. Who knows? Destroying it. Uh, Tim, congratulations. You really did it. Yay! I can read words. So that's everything we have for this round as far as questions or games or what have you, but I have it on good authority uh, that co-host Rich Sweeten has a take that they want to close this session with. Yeah, I have a take. I definitely have a take. So uh, 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 today, the day that we were recording, is the 6th of November. And yesterday, on the 5th of November, there was a podcast that came out and made a very egregious take. That I need to counter this take. Anchor Person's podcast, he talked about in Food Crimes, how the tapioca balls in Bova are a food crime in and of themselves. And I just want to throw it out there that they are not. Yes, bubble tea is the Weibo's uh, uh, Starbucks, but it's not a food crime. The bubble in the bubble tea makes it worthwhile. Is a drink worthwhile if there's no threat of choking? I mean, come on now. Why? <laughs> Do you not like the bubbles Silly. in bubble tea? 
That's I think the biggest food crime ever is you calling these bubbles a food crime. That's it. I love you guys and comparisons. You're the best. <laughs> so it summarizes take is that what's the point of drinking anything if there's no risk of death at the end? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Solid take. I appreciate a... it. Yeah. <laughs> I see it's nothing wrong. Self-deprecating notion. It's just like, why bother drinking it if it can't possibly kill me? Yeah. We now turn it over to Hard Disagree <sighs> with Tim Hansen. <laughs> the, the Hansen Hard Disagree is such a weeb take. I know, right? <laughs> such a weeb take. I don't understand the fascination with Boba, but the idea of putting tapioca pudding in it absolutely sounds like a food crime to me. But also, I've never tried it, so I really can't hate on any of it. I'm just going to say that that's fucking weird. And that's an absolute weed take. <laughs> Look, have, have you ever had like an iced tea or a flavored iced tea with like little pieces of fruit in it? No, because that's fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, they do those. And that's essentially what bubble tea is. Iced tea with pieces of what? Like if you ever get fruit like a flavored iced tea with fruit, it, it got like a strawberry iced tea or something. I'll have like pieces of fruit mm. inside of it. I, I've never seen or heard of this. I'm just assuming that you have. This, I mean, this sounds like yeah. something that they have at like one of these like yuppie restaurants that like have goat I'm, goat milk and like you know goat cheese on pizza and shit like that. Like, man, no, you can you can get it at Red Robin. Well, Close Red Robin, well known yuppie restaurant. <laughs> Red Robin has that shit. Man, no, oh, they don't have bubble tea. They don't have, even even Wawa now has these uh, like fruit uh, fruit flavor blasters or something like that that are flavored tea drinks and it's got fruit inside of it that like you drink and eat the fruit as well sounds like some weird northern thing you fucking weirdos yeah <laughs> yeah t- tim's uh born born in the wall uh, died in the wall southerner now <laughs> salt of the earth us simple folk <laughs> down mean, here we don't put fruit in our juice I, Sheets I, doesn't have this bullshit Sheets. I, I don't see i don't see the uh the piece of hay sticking out his mouth that he's chewing on so yeah. he's not southern enough yet <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> I always tell my kids, never eat what you can drink. Now, boy, I, I say, I say, I say, what, boy? Yeah, Tim. Within like six months, Tim is going to slowly transform into Foghorn Leghorn. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> uh, Rich, if people want to see any more of your uh, boba tea takes on Twitter, where can they find you? At b underscore walnuts. How about you, Tim? At Tim R Hansen. How about you, Sean? And hey, it's SOB. And you can follow me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast. It's on Facebook at Brose podcast. And it's on Instagram at Brose underscore podcast. And you can listen to our show anywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold. If you have a question you want us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Dot com. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, uh, to Tess Riley for editing our show, to Shannon Vogel, who designed our world-famous logo. You can find Shannon's work at Shannon Vogel Photography and Art on Facebook or on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert, and you can listen to Steven's work at the Free Music Archive. All right, it's the plugs portion of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Rich, we'll start with you. What do you got going on? Twitch.tv slash B underscore Walnuts. Check me out uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Fridays. I stream 7 to 10 o'clock. Um, you can also go to www.one-quest.com to find our RSS feeds for both PodQuest and the now 
finally released bonus action, a tabletop podcast, where me, Sean, and a bunch of friends play Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Was that like a like a well no it's like a Scandinavian now Dungeons and Dragons Okie dokie Sean what's going on with your frisbee throwing Um I throw them OB disc golf everywhere except Instagram OB underscore disc golf Um I co-host the Turst Furkers podcast Uh it's the the Taste Baker Uh the Taste Baker's podcast I know. So, <laughs> uh, the Taste Fakers podcast, music podcast with me and my brother Alex Casnell. Hey, look, uh, we just laid down a great episode today. It's the most angry I've ever heard my brother in a long time, uh, where we discuss <laughs> the uh, the connection between Faith No More and corn. Uh, and let me tell you, Ooh. nothing ruined my brother's week more than the prospect of having to talk about corn for over an hour. <laughs> But we did it because, look, there's a connection there, man. There's an influence that Faith No More had on Corn, that Def Leppard had on Andrew WK. There's a connection between Tom Waits and Thrice, between George Jones and Craig Finn. Holy shit, man. And let me tell you, we're going to talk to you about it on the Taste Fakers podcast. It comes out every two weeks on Thursdays. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. It's a great show. Um, I highly recommend it as somebody... Uh, who co-hosts and produces it and does a lot of shit for it. Please listen. It's great, Sean. It's great. I I just want to throw out there, uh, one of the funniest things was just having to hear Alex say several times about Def Leppard, this album's all about sex. It is all about sex. (laughs) Track after track after track. It's like 10 out of 12 songs is about like taking taking that that long, long highway to the bone zone. Um, And Tim... Let's talk about our friends at the Anchor Persons podcast, which Rich so rudely smeared just moments ago on this show. Greg and Gene bringing you the news you didn't know you needed in the most entertaining possible way. Uh, they're from the they're no longer on fire. Thank God, uh, because they're from the what is it, southeast of the northwest. Yeah, South Oregon. Oregon. They're from the Oregon. Northwest. They're from yeah. Oregon. Yeah. So, uh, if you enjoy our sense of humor, you'll love their humorous takes on uh, recent news that isn't hitting the headlines, but is definitely much, much more entertaining. If you need Spanish art restoration, some weird-ass sport that you didn't know the rules to, but probably started as a college bet, uh, then they've got the stories for you. Podcast Shopping Network, 100% legit food crime takes. Except for their idea of uh, Uncrustables being a food crime. Strong disagree with with Tim Hanson. They called Uncrustables a food crime? <laughs> yeah. Did. That's did. a couple months ago, but uh, I'm still bitter about it a little bit. But uh, they're, 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 they're my lovely brother wives. Love those guys. And uh, give them a listen. Their, their bit for the uh, November 5th show was fantastic. I suggest everyone go check it out. That's exactly our comedy. Now, th- now I got me thinking about the, like the, the legitimacy of Uncrustables. Gigantic, <laughs> gigantic like brick sized box you put in the freezer, and it's just I don't know. I mean, just you know, just make a damn sandwich. Grow up, kids. Um, <laughs> Yo, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that's my uh, take. <laughs> that's the, the sequel to the hard the hard disagree is just fuck you with Tim Hansen. <laughs> pointed at finger pointed at the screen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to the listeners, everyone. Bye. 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 For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moves team. <laughs> <laughs>
My name is Matt Kaz, now reminding you all to be smart about being stupid. I don't want to.